0: This is a Danger Entertainment Podcast. DangerEntertainment.net. Danger Entertainment Podcast Network.
1: Hey guys, this is Venice, and I've got a message from a friend of mine about my favorite podcast. It's your
2: boy, flavor, flavor, and full effect. Check this out, everybody. I want y'all to
0: go check out TJ. What's good, everybody? TJ Johnson here from Voice from the Underground. I am the most handsome. Big ass. And I'm smoking my cigar, of course. You know what I'm saying, the Dutch. You pick me up in a an Uber and a PT Cruiser, I'm calling Lip. <laughs> Because <laughs> they be fighting the power, talking about social issues, politics, you know what I'm saying?
2: And we're not even that good. Right, we're terrible. <laughs> terrible. Tantas all over the place. And not only that, but they be keeping the fun with the sports, music, comics, and movies too.
1: Am I allowed I to think, talk? I think, no, not right now. <laughs> Shut you, you up, just, Colonizer! <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He on Twitter at VFU
1: Podcast. So you can find him, you can find him. So check one, two. This is Flavor Flav. Yeah, boy.
2: Okay. What Flav was trying to say is check out Voice from the Underground on your favorite podcast network.
0: Bullying from the underground. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast.
1: Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam, including the Tascam Mini Studio. Trust your audio to Tascam Sound Thinking. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD audio, expression through innovation. Forgive
2: the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair, sergeant, we need
0: a response team. We're already putting together the best men. With all due respect, sir, so am I. Oh, I know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced but I believe with the right push, it can be exactly what you need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you.
2: I have indeed been uploaded,
0: gentlemen. Online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. It is Kylan, Eric, and myself. Mike, your intrepid trio. How are you guys doing? What's Good. going on,
2: guys? Hey.
0: I think we're just all sitting here trying to figure out, uh, what are we doing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> what are any of us really doing, Mike? Why are I we know. really here?
0: I have, what is have I have another potential hurricane coming my way. You've got to be kidding. No, if it gets named, it will be named Umberto. <laughs>
1: yeah, I heard about that. Recent 498 of why I live in the
0: Midwest. Uh, I like being down here because I I like my job but unfortunately (laughs) this is the part that's Stinks. Mm. So, um check out the homepage mightymarvelgeeks.net. Uh latest last week's episode will be up soon, promise. Um but check out our affiliates on the right-hand side of the page. Uh superhero stuff, got some great stuff there. Some great Marvel stuff. Um check out our partners found me and heroes and villains. Uh click those, use the code word field agents for fifteen percent off your first purchase. Uh so far we've I found out we've had since we started this with them, uh what, April, May, we've had twenty 23- three User or 23 listeners between all three shows use the codes. So I'm excited about that. That's cool. Steady growth. Cool. Um, also to check out our web store where you get some great hats, sweatshirts, t-shirts, anything with any of the three logos on it. And also to go to net, We have the raffle that we're doing. Uh, that's a three show cross platform, um, raffle. Prizes are three comic book, Star Wars comics signed by the letterer himself Joe Caramania. Um Kenobi and oh, I can't remember what the other book is I had the same problem yesterday too uh, <laughs> Kenobi and Lost Tribe of the Sith The Collected Stories signed by John Jackson Miller a Halo Halo Legacy book that has been signed that was donated by Rocco Depot that has the autographs of John Jackson Miller and Christy Golden Star Wars authors in it um, the two books prior to that were donated by by John Jackson Miller himself. Um, 15 Star Wars Destiny fan cards that are Star Wars Destiny compatible donated by iRebel podcast. A Wookiee Radio hat. A actual kyber crystal purchased from Walt Disney World's Galaxy's Edge.
2: iRebel. That almost <laughs> sounds like a, a, a somebody's name. Or er, iRebel. Sorry. <laughs>
0: I don't know why I say I rebel I rebel
2: I well you know that's that's that could be a role-playing game character's name you
0: know it's True. like
2: it's like oh well I'm going to log in to uh, to play Fallout and uh, my character's name is Ira I rebel <laughs>
0: um, and then from Chronicle books a copy of the smugglers guide which is an awesome book if you've read the path of the Jedi and book of the Sith and the bounty hunters guide and the rebel files and the Imperial source book I think that's what they're called um, this is the the newest one is the smuggler's guide. And it's great. And there's a mention of Hondo and Afra and Sana in it which is great. Um, Of course, Han and Chewie are in there as well. Um, And a bust of Princess Leia. Again, both of those donated by Chronicle Books. So very cool. Enter now. You only have, since I will be releasing at the time of this release, you only have maybe a day or two left. So hurry up, get your, get your, uh, your, your, your entries in.
2: Those of you waiting for the last minute. Well, this is it. There you go. This
0: is it. Yes. Um, so, so, how you know, we've talked about Sony and Marvel Are no longer in talks about um, Spider Man. So, does that
2: mean Taylor Swift is going to do a song about them?
0: Oh, I hope not. (laughs) I Uh, mean, isn't
2: that what she always does after a failed relationship? Yeah, uh, pretty much.
0: I hope not. (laughs) Gwen Stefani did the same thing. True. So, Uh, yeah, yeah. um, Okay. So, what can Marvel and Sony legally do in future movies? This becomes a good question.
2: Go to the theater and share a bucket of
0: popcorn. Um, At the moment, Marvel's plan for Spider Man and the MCU and how Sony will have to change it. Uh, Fortunately, it is possible to deduce that Sony and Marvel can do just what Sony could do with, or what they could do with Spider-Man. Sony was hacked in 2014, and a wealth of documents were distributed distributed online. Uh, They also included copies of their contracts with Marvel, including the latest version before the Spider-Man deal. So, it's reasonable to assume that now that the deal has broken down, the rights of reverted to something similar to the 2014 contract. So, what can Marvel do with Spider-Man? Of course, the deal is a disaster for the MCU. Uh, Marvel Studios no longer has the ability to mention Spidey at all, or Peter, or any character associated with Spider-Man. In fact, they're even restricted from using many of the characters who were introduced in a Spider-Man book.
2: So, sounds like they're pretty much in the exact same position as they were with the X-Men and Fantastic Four, right? Back before the Fox acquisition,
0: right? Now there is an exception to this: superheroes who became notable brands in their own right, such as Punisher and Cloak and Dagger. Okay. Now there had been rumors that Marvel was interested in developing Norman Osborn as the next major villain, um, but now don't see that happen. Exactly. Uh, Marvel could use storylines that Spidey appeared in, but obviously he cannot be part of these plots. So that means they are free to adapt some of his new Avenger arcs, for example, um, or storylines inspired by his time as a member of the Fantastic Four. Uh, The the contract is silent about whether Marvel can adopt a plot lifting straight from a Spider-Man comic, perhaps substituting the web crawler with another street-level vigilante like Moon Knight. Spidey and Moon Knight. Taking a Spider-Man plot and putting Moon Knight in it instead just seems wrong.
2: Yeah, because... Okay, technically you could do this. And depending on the story, like say where, uh, where he first meets Mobius, right. I, could, I could see that. It, it's gonna depend very much upon which storylines and which characters. Well, at
0: this point in time, we have no Morbius.
2: I... <laughs> You know what I mean. Right. Uh, Some of the characters that a little darker, maybe like Jackal. Right or uh, or what well, you can't really call Craven the Hunter in there because well, that's pretty much right. Yeah, but you get you get the idea because a lot of times though, Spider-Man stories kind of had the feel of the 1960s Batman. Right, it was like the guest villain of the week right. and weren't necessarily meant to be taken seriously, like right. you know, Kangaroo or the Tarantula.
0: Right. Now um, if if we're staying under the old contract though, or if we're reverting back to the old contract, both studios had the right to Kingpin. So that that's probably still gonna be the case considering the Kingpin was the primary antagonist in Spider Man into the Spider Verse. Right. Another anonymously is Jessica Drew. Marvel could use her as a private Wait de- a minute. Ooh. They could use her as a private detective or a spy so long as they never give her the Spider Woman codename. True. That is true. Meanwhile, Sony gets to use her as a full fledged superhero if they so wish. So, at, I guess, posing this question could they call her Ghost Spider mm-hmm. or something similar? Arachno Babe. <laughs> I, I, you could do. I love the idea of her as
2: like a, a freelance detective secret agent, although that kind of makes it a whole lot closer to Jessica Jones. Right. But you know what would be cool? She was a Hydra agent at one point. Oh, she would? That's right. What if you did this as a former Hydra agent trying to I don't know, make up for her for the sins of her past. I know that's like a, a that's kind of a standard trope. Um, pair her up with Moon Knight. Yeah.
0: Well, what was the possibility that she was a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent that became a double agent just to help keep tabs on S.H.I.E.L.D. or on HYDRA as well.
2: I think that would be a great way to reintroduce S.H.I.E.L.D. into the MCU yeah. because we've we gotten away from it. Yeah. what's Basically, once Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. came to TV, S.H.I.E.L.D. for the most part disappeared from the movies. Yeah, I mean, you, it played a lot in
0: uh, Winter The Soldier. Winter Soldier. And it played quite a bit in um, Age of Ultron too, didn't it?
2: Not as much, no, no, but a little bit. I mean, it is a very minor
0: role in the right? very beginning. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So now. So
2: yeah, I think that would be a great way to reintroduce it or the remnants thereof. Right. Now that the Agents of Shield TV show, all right, while the series has not aired its final run, it's done. It's for the for pretty much for all intents and purposes, it's done. Right. Yeah, I like the idea of pairing her and Mark Specter because he is a merc. Right. You. You could, you could also here's the thought bring in bobby and uh and lance yeah i, I like you that could, you could so bring in elements from most wanted
0: you could now totally redo most wanted adding yeah
2: Adding in Jessica Drew, adding in Moon Knight, adding in Bobby and Lance, yeah. adding in Dominic Fortune, who I was really looking forward to seeing. Oh, God, me too.
0: Well, who's to say they couldn't do all that in the Moon Knight series? And that's his team. It's Bobby, I Lance, so and Jessica.
2: I would be so totally down with that.
0: So now here's what Sony can do. Sony now has the exclusive cinematic rights to Spider-Man. And
2: you know what? They're going to mess that up just like they have with Andrew Garfield and
0: Tobey Maguire. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Now, certain spider s characters are exempt where they are tied to non-Spider stories, such as Ashley Barton's Spider-Girl exists in the Old Man Logan timeline. And Cosmic Spider-Man is a version of the web web crawler who becomes Captain Universe. I remember that. But in general, the basic rule is any iteration of Spider-Man belongs to Sony. So Sony has exclusive rights to all Spider-Man supporting characters and even to all the various heroes and villains who have been introduced in the books, starting with the Web Slinger. Contract goes on to detail specific locations and organizations such as the Beagle, the Feast, uh, the Feast Homeless Center, and even the Daily Globe are Sony properties. But they also have limitations as well. They can never explicit, explicitly reference or refer to MCU characters that Spider-Man has encountered. While they can make allusions to them, they can never be referenced to characters like Thanos, Iron Man, Happy Hogan, S.H.I.E.L.D., Fury, or Maria Hill. No doubt this will cause problems if Sony does wish to continue the narrative begun in the Far From Home post credit scenes. Um, Sony would probably still have the license to use Edith. Artificial intelligence that was created for a Sony film and has no history in the comics. It is even possible that they may be able to use flashbacks from the previous films um, since they were produced by Marvel on Sony's behalf. So they're still considered Sony films. That potentially means Sony could use flashbacks of Iron Man flying alongside Spider-Man, but just can't ever use the name of the character.
2: Hmm. You know what Sony can do? Sony can kiss my butt. Uh, Make that too. All right. And I know we we talked about this when you brought me in after the news had broken that, you know, they had broken up. Right. And I'm just going to reiterate this. This is going to last until the next big Spider-Man movie that's not in the MCU, bombs. Right. Or not necessarily bombs, but just doesn't do as well. And then the shareholders are going to go back to Sony management and they're going to say fix this. Right. Mm -hmm. Get back with Marvel. Right. At this point it does not matter who was right and who was wrong. Quote unquote right quote unquote wrong. Because I don't think there is a cut and dried right and wrong here.
0: Yeah, both sides were right, both sides were wrong.
2: I think it was, I still believe it is in Sony's best Interest, oh, yeah. even if, even if you you have to give up, say you know twenty five percent of earnings or thirty percent of earnings, that's right. still gonna in the long run is going to net you more money than a subpar non MCU Spiderman. At this point, I, I really do hate to say this, but Sony needs the MCU more the, than Sony than MCU needs Sony.
0: Yeah. Well, here here here's the other thing too. It's become clear that Sony has the rights to produce Spidey content. Uh, across all platforms, such as movies. Uh, Live action and animated TV shows are both in the works, Uh, but this also corresponds with the old contract, which allows them to produce both films and TV series, although every animated show must have episodes over 44 minutes in length. Hmm. That one's interesting. How often do you hear of a one hour long animated episode? You don't. On TV? No. No. Um, Now, there are certain (laughs) caveats that can be made, uh, and this will has unlikely to have changed much. Given Marvel and Sony were focused on their new relationship. Uh, furthermore, it's been noted that the two studios two studios could still come together in other agreements you now similar to. Fox and Marvel allowed Deadpool to switch up uh, Negasonic Teenage Warhead's powers, while Marvel got to use Ego um, in Guardians too. So, thing is, though, with this happening, Sony or Marvel had announced at D twenty three the perfect Spider Man replacement, aka Miss Marvel.
1: Yeah.
2: I would take issue with whoever says this is a perfect replacement. True. I mean, it, it, look, I get it. Ms. Marvel hits all the the PC, woke, diversity buzzword check boxes, and she's she's a good character, right? But she is not Spider Man. No.
0: no,
1: she's not. But I think what I, I think what they're thinking is that number one, she's she she's young, you know. So basically, she will appeal to that right. age group. She's Still new
0: to her powers, like Peter is being portrayed.
1: And, and she's a street-level character. Um, she has a bit of an attitude. So, now, the thing the thing is, she doesn't have the history that Peter right. has. So I, I, so, I wouldn't say perfect. Perfect is kind of a strong word. Uh, but I, 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 I get what they're trying to get at. The thing is, Spider-Man is one of a kind.
0: Right. You know? But I think, um, I think yeah. what they're meaning by perfect, though, is... She's gonna have her own series on D on Disney Plus first. Okay. And then she is also going to be moved into the MCU films. Okay. And could even potentially have her own film further down the line or or be a ant man and wasp type scenario with Captain Marvel, Miss Marvel. Okay. So
2: is she is she a replacement? Yes. Is she going to be an adequate replacement for Spider-Man? No. That remains to be seen. So I would say it, this would be far from perfect.
0: Replacement. I agree. I, I I think it's not a perfect replacement, as this article had been stating. But I can see where they're leaning that way. Some with the whole. Well, you got the series. You got the, yeah. the movie aspect. I, mean,
2: I, I got. I I get it. I mean, they're they're pushing her to become that replacement because something tells me that the uh, the split with Sony was not completely unforeseen. Right. And it reminds me of something that Marvel tried to do in the comics back in the day. Right. Because they wanted a new generation, uh, because at the time Spider-Man was introduced, he was young, he was the everyman, he was the basically the young purple per- person's window into Marvel Comics. So they needed that for a new generation, and that's how they came up with Richard Ryder, Nova. Right. And Nova was good. Nova was popular. Nova is a great character, but he's, he's not Spider-Man. I mean, there, like you said, he is a unique character. There's only one Spider-Man. Right. And, yes, you can pass that title on to a Miles Morales or a Miguel O'Hara or to a Jessica Drew and say, you know, hey, you're, you're Spider-Woman. Right. But there's only one Peter Parker. And Peter Parker is Spider-Man, just like Clark Kent is Superman or Bruce Wayne is Batman. To see that. So, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. I look forward to seeing what they're doing with Ms. Marvel. But if they're looking for the, well, we don't
1: need Spider-Man. We've got her.
2: Yeah, that just ain't going to work. Yeah,
1: you know the thing is, they have to they, they have to fill that space with someone. I, I understand that. Yeah, uh, I mean the the closest thing. Well, no, because he's cosmic level. The the closest thing I could come up with would be maybe Johnny Storm, but Johnny really belongs with the Fantastic Four. I mean, he could break off and do his own thing too, or 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 this is crazy. Say it. Maybe they decide that they want to do something with a uh, night. Thrasher.
2: Dude, I can so totally see Night Thrasher.
1: I, I'm, I'm just saying I, now, here's the other thing. I think Night Thrasher is just outside the radar right now considering they gave him it would it, either be Night Thrasher or Darkhawk. One of those two. Dude, you know I would be so down with a Darkhawk. That, right. That's why I'm saying I'm, I I can see one of those two because you're still hitting all of those all, all, all of those points They that, that they feel like uh, they need to to keep the younger audiences engaged. And on top of that, there is, I mean, each of these characters at this point are 25 years of history, at least, uh-huh. because yeah. both those characters were early 90s, right? So yeah. Uh, Night Thrasher,
2: Night Thrasher was created specifically for the New Warriors. I think he is the only character that did not already appear elsewhere. Uh, Namorita, who was Namor's cousin, uh, Marvel Boy, who was the he was Vance Astrovic, the young version of Vance Astro in Guardians of the Galaxy, Firestar from you know spider his Amazing Friends, of course, uh, but she had showed up in like the X Men. Uh, let's see who else. Speedball. Speedball had already had his own short-lived series. Right. That's true. And Nova, even though they tried to call him Kid Nova to begin with, and that just didn't work. Right. No. No. So yeah, he was the only non-supporting character in that series that was that was original. And I think he would make a great series of himself because basically he has no powers, right? He is just, he's a, he's a kid. He's very much like a street level Batman because he, you know, he is, he does have money. He's a, he's a rich kid who basically wants to make a difference. And he doesn't have powers. He no. doesn't have, um, you know, these great, these big <laughs> weapons. He's got, he, he gets him a set of body armor. He trains like, he's like an American gladiator dialed to 11. Yeah. He's got he's got his Eskrima sticks. And what is possibly one of the most, it, it seems lame, but at the same time, it's almost brilliant. His skateboard.
1: Isn't it? I love that thing. Yeah. For those of you who
2: don't know what I'm talking about, you're listening to this. And First of all, you probably don't know who Night Thrack is uh, which in which case I kind of feel sorry for you because he's a great character. Uh- he uses a skateboard that can, like, attach to his back, you know, carries it around. The way he holds it, he can also use it as a shield. Mm-hmm. And it is bulletproof, because he went toe-to-the-toe with the Punisher on this, and bullets are bouncing off the skateboard. But, one thing you can also do with it, or he could also do with it, extend a blade from the front of it and use it as a weapon. Yeah. So this is possibly one of the coolest ideas I've seen come along in a while. And, think about this, uh, uh, something tells me that he is on the radar somewhere at Marvel. See, and,
1: and, if, and that's my
2: thinking, too. I was, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. It, you know what I'm about to say here, I think, because a few days ago, I was in the toy aisle at Walmart, and I just happened to see new Legends figures come out.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Night Thrasher was one of them, and I thought, well, I think, uh, let's see, who else was, you know, uh, Vindicator from Alpha Flight, and I wish I could remember who else, but I remember those. uh, uh ba bu- 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 Cannonball? Yes, Cannonball was yeah. one of. Them. I want to say Spider Woman was too, the Jessica Drew. But hey, something tells me that Marvel is starting to try to bring some of these characters, you know, into the public eye. Like you've got uh Well Rock Python from the Serpent Society was another one. So you've got you've got some of these characters, like you've got your Dark Hawk and, and let's see. You also got uh we well, also had Vance Astro too, but I don't see him coming out for anything. No. Uh I think I think he's on Marvel's radar just using stuff like this to gauge popularity right. like say if if they sell a lot of Night Thrasher action figures they'll go back and they'll say well you know he's pretty popular maybe we should try to uh, to give him like you know a Netflix a Disney Plus series or something right If they're not doing it this way well by gum they should
0: True very true
2: so, But I have just taken us down a complete rabbit hole, and I do apologize.
0: No, it's all right.
2: Kind of anyway.
0: How about we go down yet another rabbit hole?
2: Please, let's do.
0: Well, we know She-Hulk's coming. Yes. Who would you cast for She-Hulk?
2: <sighs> okay, I can't answer that question in good conscience because I know where you're going to go, and I probably would have suggested it
0: if I didn't know. Okay. What about you, Kyle?
1: You know, I've been thinking about that since they announced it, and uh, honestly, I, I struggle. I don't. I don't know. I, I, I really don't know. But part of me would like to see an unknown. To be honest with
0: you. Well, this is a rumor, and it's come from "We Got This Covered." So take it with a grain of with salt. salt. but there is a strong possibility. Um, it is said that Ronda Rousey might be up for the role. Really? That's what. I said, because I think she's too short. And I don't think she can handle the lead spot Okay, on a week-to-week basis. All
2: right. Here's here's my thoughts on that. Physical height does not matter. Right. And I'll tell you why. CG. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because you're not going to be able to just... I, you can spray paint Zoe Seldana and make her Gamora. Right. You can't do that with She-Hulk. She-Hulk is way too tall. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you could not, you can't spray paint somebody green and put her in there. She is going to need to be CG if for no other for no other reason than the height but also because she's going to be doing Hulk things and it's going to be easier <laughs> to CG this anyway so basically what you're gonna have for the most part is the Hulk in infinity War. or not infinity war but endgame right all she needs to do
0: is do the motion capture right now her height as she's been billed uh be it um MMA or WWE is 57. Again, does not matter. Right. She only needs to star as herself
2: before she becomes a seahole because she doesn't transform. No. Or even if she can, I think there have been some issues where she could. But even when she could, she prefers to be in Hulk form.
0: And, and realistically, when she transforms, it, it's typically only been she transforms once and right. stayed. So if you
2: want to go transforming, well, look at look at Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is not a basketball player height person either.
0: True.
2: Right. So I don't, again... Physical height is not a problem. She's got the tone for it. And, again, most of your good She-Hulk stories aren't over-the-top serious in nature either.
0: Right. No. But does she have the acting chops enough, the experience enough, to handle being a lead?
2: That is a, That, my friend, is a much more valid question.
0: So, um, I mean, they say she's a fine choice for the role because um, look at her from – Furious 7, Expendables 3, and, of course, Mile 22. Um, Others might recognize her from her time in the WWE. Uh, Yeah, her ability to handle fight scenes or the action scenes, not an issue. It's whether she can handle the pressures of being the lead. I mean, that's where I question
2: Yeah, that's the biggest
0: question of all. But you don't know until you try. Right. Now, and I'll have to tie into this, though, they, they are also saying that there's a chance that Red Hulk, the Abomination, and the leader are expected to show up in the series as well.
1: Oh, wow. Okay.
0: And Eric, I believe, called Red Hulk at one point.
1: I think he did. Uh- Yeah, and I just, okay,
2: who plays General Ross in in the current MCU? Uh, Oh, gosh, what's the guy's name? Uh, I'm looking it up. William Hurt. Yeah. Okay, I really want to see William Hurt as Red Hulk. Yeah. I mean, don't don't bring in a new character, uh, don't bring in a new actor for that role. Make it William Hurt, base the Red Hulk off of William Hurt's facial features. You don't even have to have him doing the motion capture
0: unless he wants to.
2: Unless you, yeah, I mean if he wants to if he wants to do it, go for it.
0: But he definitely needs to be voicing it. Oh yes. So, um, now speaking of Disney Plus, it according to Disney Plus's social media accounts, X Men, Spider Man, The Incredible Hulk, The Fantastic Four from the '90s is coming to Disney Plus.
2: The X Men from the '90s, I love
0: that. X Men from '92, Spider Man from '94, Spider Woman from '79, Spider Man from '81. (laughs) Spider-Man and his amazing friends, Iron Man yeah. from 94, Fantastic Four from 94, Incredible oh. Hulk, Silver Surfer, and Spider-Man Unlimited. All rumored to be joining the likes of the Gummy Bears, DuckTales, Darkwing Duck, Tailspin, Chippendale's Rescue Rangers, and potentially Gargoyles.
2: Dude, Disney's doing all of these live-action reboots things. Gargoyles is what they really need to do next. Not yeah. Lady in the not uh you know the rescuers down under, no. not Brother Bear. They need to do frickin' gargoyles and they need to do it
0: now. And they need to do it with the original voice cast as the gargoyles. Um now there's no word on the shows from two thousands like Avengers Assemble, Ultimate Spider Man, X Men Evolution or and The Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't see why Guardians of the Galaxy wouldn't be there. It's already on Disney now on the Disney channels now. It, it
2: probably will be. I mean, if not on at launch at some point,
0: right? Uh, the live action series, like the classic Spider-Man and Hulk shows, are as of yet unaccounted for as well. Bill Bixby, yeah, you gotta, you just gotta love that man's
2: portrayal of Bruce Banner yep yep or excuse me David Banner yes because they they didn't want to call him Bruce Banner on the TV
1: show right that was a no no
2: that didn't sound right to them so it had to be David and they moved Bruce to his middle name did you know that yes because you see it on his tombstone his grave marker yeah. Because he was buried right next to Elena, his uh, co-worker, so. and love interest. Yeah. yeah, Who dies, and he never has a chance to say goodbye to her because he's the Hulk when it happens.
0: Yeah. Now, we talked about a couple weeks ago Black Widow coming to Build-A-Bear. Did we right. not?
2: We did. We did, and uh, I sent y'all a picture.
0: Um, How about they're now adding Wolverine to its Marvel Bear products? The bear comes complete with the claws out, although the claws are um, quite a bit softer than the traditional Andamanian.
2: <laughs> bear claws.
0: Uh, he also has a built-in costume that replicates the classic blue and yellow look from the early comics.
2: Okay, I I have a friend that works at Build-A-Bear, and I don't know. i, I got to ask her about this. Okay. because. Although, I'll be honest, I am just, I'm seriously not a fan of the mask.
0: No, it looks odd.
2: It looks like a piece of foam rubber that has been painted by a seventh grader.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. An artistic seventh grader, maybe, but still a seventh grader. Yeah. I, if you're going to do Build-A-Bear Wolverine, okay, at least I don't, its it's kind of like, they designed the bear, they designed the outfit, and then they got to the mask. It's kind of like, it's Friday afternoon at 4 o'clock. We only have 30 minutes to get this thing done. And so they just kind of rushed through it. Yeah.
1: Well, in in my opinion, I, I don't think that Wolverine should be cute. It's it sort of like if you if anybody who's been in any theater since Endgame has come out. No, not Endgame. Spider-Man, uh, Far From Home. Uh-huh. Some theaters have a plushy Nick Fury. And that just bothered me. Samuel L. Jackson should never be a plushie. No. Mm -mm. He should not. No.
2: That's like Clint Eastwood should never be a plushie. Oh, gosh, no. That's a no-no. John Wayne should never be a plushie. Nope. So, no, should not. But... I mean, if you're gonna do this, do it to where the, the 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 mask does not cover up the muzzle, the the bear muzzle. Yes.
0: Work with the bear, don't just cover it all. Up. Right, and, and it doesn't look right either with it being flat.
2: That's what I'm saying it doesn't look right, and it also doesn't look right with the skin tone around the mouth. Correct. It does not look like it it's the rest of the bear. Now I do agree with Kylan that you know Wolverine as a build a bear probably is not the best idea. No. Well. But but after we saw the Funko Pops, yeah, it's kind of like you can't stop that train now.
1: True. No. So and, yeah, that, you know, and I know, I know it's a whole thing about you know this. You no, know, we, we want to sell this to the kids. I'm all for it.
0: Well, not everything needs to be. You're you're uh, not going to find him in the stores. He's an online exclusive purchase.
1: Okay, oh, that's okay. that makes me feel a little better.
0: So.
2: But then again, they had a Deadpool bear.
0: Yeah. There's a Thanos bear. True. So, well, there you go. Yeah. So, um, from here, how about 10 comics you need to read before phase four?
2: Okay. Hit us with it.
0: Number 10, Black Widow, the finely woven thread. Okay. Um. Apparently, this is the book that the film is going to be based on. Okay. Uh. So, this is an opportunity to kind of get an idea of that story. Uh. Number nine, The Mighty Thor, Thunder in her veins. This okay. uh, she has her first Avenger as Thor in Jason Aaron's Thor: Goddess of Thunder, but her identity kind of- was kept a secret. However, the reveal right. of Foster as Thor has created a new fan favorite for many and one of the most compelling character arcs in Marvel history.
2: I want to see how they do this. Yeah. Because it it created a lot of debate at the time. Right. But as it turned out, this was not a bad idea. And it was like, actually, a really good idea. Right. Once you found out who it was. Mm -hmm. Well, it also
0: also helped set up uh, War of Realms Realms real nice, too. mm -hmm.
2: You went Elmer Fudd on us there for a second. Uh, Well, But I think the part I like best about Jane Foster being Thor was the fact that it was killing her. Yeah. And that sounds really bad because it almost sounds like I want Jane Foster to die a painful death. I do not. But the thought of someone knowing that becoming a hero is killing them and yet does it anyway. Right. That's what I love about that.
0: Right. Uh, Number eight, Moon Knight from the Dead. (laughs) Uh this run is an anthology of different moon knight stories and between Ellis's trademark wit and Chavez's kinetic artwork it'll hook newcomers with no problem at all. Uh and if you want to read further and you probably will, check out the runs by Charles Huston and Jeff Lemire. Number 7, Neil Gaiman's Eternals.
2: You know Neil Gaiman is known mainly for like uh Sandman over at the, the Distinguished Competition, yep. but people for- Yes, he, uh, he worked for Marvel too.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, number six, Hawkeye, My Life as a Weapon by Faction and Aha. Uh, Ah-ha! and of course, this is quite obvious right down to the show's title card. Uh, it deals with his life outside of his career as an Avenger and the training of Kate Bishop. Yep. Uh, number five, All New Captain America. Uh, this is with, uh, the Rick Remedier stories with Sam Wilson's first adventures and as Captain America. So, uh, number four, Miss Marvel, no normal. Uh, she's already an established character at this point in time with different appearances and team ups throughout the comics. Um, so where to start, but from the beginning, uh, this is from G Willow Wilson and Adrian Alphona, and it contains her origin story and is a must read for any fan. Uh, number three, she Hulk, single green female. Um, so it's a great entry point it is uh, Dan Slot's Single Green Female, where Jen must balance her life as the Hulk and her demanding career as a lawyer. Number two, House of M and Vision. Uh, WandaVision is a head-scratcher for most, uh, but the concept seems to show it being based on a combination of two books, House of M by Brian Michael Bendis, which I was kind of hoping would be a a big um, ensemble film to help introduce the mutants or the X-Men into the franchise, um, and Vision by Tom King. Uh In House of M, Scarlet Witch loses control of her powers and alters reality for the worse, whereas in Vision, he tries to settle down and have a family until everything goes horribly wrong. And number one, Doctor Strange, The Way of the Weird. Uh, This was a story arc written by Jason Aaron um, and he's protecting reality from just another day despite some of the creepiest and most grotesque threats always knocking on his door.
2: You know, Screen Rant, and this is where, this is the article he's coming from, uh, from ScreenRant.com. A lot of times, I do not agree with some of their thinking in, in top 10 lists like this one. But this one, I,
0: I, I wholeheartedly go with. I think the I research is done well.
1: Yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised because usually I, I, I'm with Eric on this one because most of the time you're like, who lost that bet? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, this I time mean, it's had, like what they were do- talking about.
2: Yeah, sometimes the writer has like, you've got two hours to get this long an article in. Start now. All right. But this one, this one seems pretty well thought out. And I do like the fact, if you're Jason Aaron, how happy are you right now? Because it seems like some of the biggest projects coming your way, coming to the public that Marvel is pursuing are based at least in part, or appear to be at least based in part, of your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you got to be feeling good. And as a matter of fact, two of these 10, uh, I guess we can call them actually two of these 11 because they lump two of them in at number two. Uh, basically, he is uh, he's 20 percent of this list. Yeah, this work is 20 percent of this list. And he is I mean, and he's listed with people such as Neil Gaiman
0: and, and Brian
2: Biden, this. Yeah. Dan Slott. Slot, yes. And uh Reminder.
0: Yeah. Or reminder.
2: See, I was about to say, is it Reminder or Remender?
0: I think it's Remender.
2: Uh Matt Fraction, too. I mean, these are a lot of good writers here.
1: I you know what? Um Don. Um Dawn is nuts for the uh Matt Fraction series. Uh she I, honestly like that is what made her care about Clint Barton and I and it, you know, and it was a great introduction to Kate bishop as well. But um yeah, I mean that that series alone like Dawn Don sat down and like I think she actually waited for that one to be collected and she sat down and she read those like she just tore through all of them. Yeah. Another good hawkeye I think would that uh, some
2: that people would benefit from reading was the one that uh, Ramon Perez worked on. Yeah. That was good. Because because it also goes it not just goes on to the relationship between Clint, it also focuses back. On Clint's childhood oh. and how you know how he and his brother you know ran away from an abusive foster home mm-hmm. and you know joined up with the circus right. and how his brother it, basically the kids were were expected to basically be pickpockets and thieves as the circus came through different towns and his brother you know tried as much as he could to keep Clint uh, innocent you know he would steal extra to make up for the fact that Clint wasn't stealing any. Right. So I think that's a good storyline for people to, uh, to to read as well. The fact that I'm a, a Ramon Perez fan has absolutely nothing to do with it. <laughs> totally irrelevant.
1: I, honestly, another one that I think is a go if you can find it, is uh, I believe it's called Classic Hawkeye Volume 1. Uh, it, and it actually, it includes the... Um, I, is it Classic Hawkeye Volume 1? Basically, it, inc- it includes the story where Hawkeye was working uh, security for Stark, and that, that was about the time that he and Bobby—well, they were definitely dating at that point. They weren't married yet, um, and it was—it it, it was a really good. Now, mind you, this was right about the time that uh, I think maybe had been around the time of the West Coast Avengers. So it, you kind of get to know him a bit as uh, you know, uh, you know, as a person. Um, but mind you, it's more of an '80s comic as opposed to the what you get with with the Ramon Perez story and the uh, and the Matt Fraction uh, stories. But I I just I just like I I'm a fan of Hawkeye anyway because he's non-powered and he's still running with these epic level heroes. Like that's that's one of the things I love about him. So yeah,
2: okay. you know, well- I'm going through
1: in just here another She
2: Hulk run that people could benefit from reading. The Sensational She-Hulk. Yes. Yeah. From the late 80s.
1: That um, is awesome.
2: Yes. And I'm trying to think who wrote I, th- I want to say John Byrne wrote I it. Think- yes, he did. He wrote yeah. it. He penciled it. And uh, yeah, and... <laughs> The very first issue on the cover, there's a picture of She-Hulk holding up uh, a comic book, and she says, okay, now this is your second chance, because this was like her second solo title. Mm -hmm. She said, you don't buy my book this time. I'm going to come to your house and rip up all your X-Men. She did. Yeah. And see, I loved this this series, and this is what made me like the She-Hulk, because – Again, it wasn't a hundred percent serious. No, no, it had elements of humor. This is very much what if people were reading this today, they would think this is something directly out of the MCU. Yeah, they would. Yeah. Well, I mean, there would be there would be you know, serious story elements. There would be things that uh, there would be, of course, the the whammo blammo superhero battles, but there would be a ton of fun. It would be. Thank you. Yeah.
0: There is a matter that requires your attention. Here are the picks of the week. Well, then, Uh, Kylan, why don't you start us off?
1: Sure thing. Uh, You know what? There's a new book that's coming out, and I think I want to jump on that one. So let's go with that. I'm starting off with my number one pick is a number one. It is Black Panther and the Agents of Wakanda, uh, brought to us by Jim Zub, Lan Medina, and Jorge Molina. Wakanda worldwide. All new ongoing series from the pages of Jason Aaron's adventures: Vampires, Aliens, Angry Fish Kings... Black Panther's handpicked agents of Wakanda can't handle it all. And who better to lead them than the king of the world's most technolo- technologically ev- evolved country? Wakanda is making waves on the world's map, and not everyone's a fan. With General Okoye's help, T'Challa will take Gorilla Man, Kazar and Wasp on a global fight for survival to handle threats S.H.I.E.L.D. could only dream of.
0: Okay. Uh, Eric, your first pick of the week.
2: Okay, my first pick of the week, I don't normally go with these but it's another one of my favorite Marvel characters. Uh, My first pick of the week is True Believers Hulk, Professor Hulk number one and what this is, it is reprinting The Incredible Hulk number 377 from January of 1991 and uh, what this is uh, it is the issue where the old Green Hulk and the Grey Hulk and Banner, all their personalities basically have a come to G Jesus meeting inside Banner's brain. And because of hypnosis, Doc Sampson, I think the ringmaster helped out with this. They combine all the fractured elements of Bruce Banner's psyche, and you wind up with the Professor Hulk. Okay. This was uh, this is uh, Peter David's writing, pretty much at some of my favorite Peter David storylines. This is where the Professor Hulk begins.
0: Okay. Well, my first pick of the week is Absolute Carnage number no. three by Donnie Cates and Ryan Stegman. Uh, the summer of slaughter continues after the har- harrowing events at the end of Absolute Carnage. 2, Venom and Spider-Man have to deal with the hard truth that not everybody will make it out of this conflict in one piece. If they even make it out at all, that is. As Carnage continues to amass strength and allies, Venom and Spider-Man realize the only way to beat him is to do the same. So, on to our number 2 picks.
1: Alright, my uh, number 2 is a classic uh, reprint. It is Daredevil 181, the facsimile edition. Uh, Uh, Brought to us by the one and only master himself, Frank Miller. Uh, Visionary writer and artist Frank Miller forever changed the world of the man without fear. And a few issues in his celebrated run had the same impact as this one. The psychotic bullseye is determined to escape from jail and visit vigents on the man who put him there, Daredevil. But when he finds a way to get free, there's something he must deal with first. Winning back his position as the Kingpin's number one assassin. And to do that, he has to get rid of Wilson Fisk's deadly new killer for hire, Electra, the woman Matt loves. Brace yourself for two brutal life and death showdowns, as only Frank Miller and Klaus Johnson can draw them. It's it's one of the all-time great Marvel comic books, boldly rep- represented in its original form Adds and all. It's a reprint of Daredevil number 181. Okay. Eric, your second pick.
2: My second pick is another number one, and uh, I was kind of surprised. I was telling the guys before we started recording that uh, I was surprised that Mike didn't pick this uh, along with a couple of others to make a trifecta. But this is Star Wars Age of Resistance Rose Tico number one. And uh, this was not the only Age of Resistance one available for this week. But Rose, to me, I think gets a bad rep. Yeah. And undeservedly so. So I got to show a little Rose love wherever I can. Uh, So Age of Resistance Rose Tico number one by Tom Taylor, Leonard Kirk and Phil Noda. We love Phil Noto's work, don't we? Yep. Uh, my hero, sisters, friends, co-pilots. Growing up, Rose and Paige Tico were everything to each other until the First Order tore their world apart. See the bond between Rose and Paige before it was ever broken.
0: Okay. And this this whole series, this whole concept they did, was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. it, it's It's been a superb, superb deal. I, I've been absolutely loving it. Uh, my second pick is by J.J. Abrams. Henry Abrams, Sarah Pacelli, and Oliver Pell, And that is Spider-Man number one of five. Who is Cadaverous? The most shocking and incredible comic of 2019 is here as J.J. Abrams and his son Henry Abrams are joined by artist Sarah Pacelli and they team up for Spider-Man uh what did they have planned for Peter Parker and Mary Jane Watson who is cadaverous the modern master of mystery makes his marvel this September so I didn't write this folks so (laughs) I just read it so on to our third pick of the week
1: my third and final pick of the week, well, actually, not my final pick, but my third pick of the week is Valkyrie Jane Foster, number three. Brought to us by Jason Aaron, Kafu, Muhammad A. Azar, Al Ewing, Sean Sean, Tormi, Fraser Irving, and Ramon K. Perez. Valkyrie takes a beloved friend on the journey of their afterlife. When a longstanding Marvel character dies at the hands of Bullseye, Jane Foster must accept her new role and carry them to the world beyond. But she is not the Valkyrie of the past, nor is Bullseye's victim any ordinary hero. Bahala is only one hall of the dead. The multiversal afterlife awaits.
0: Okay, Eric, your final pick.
2: My final pick of the week is Savage Sword of Conan, number nine, by Jim Zub, Patrick Zerker, and Marco Cecchetto. A debt of blood repaid. The chips are down, and Conan will have to play his best hand. The one holding good old Brythunian steel. The demons den takes its debt seriously and it will take everything Conan's got if he is to emerge from the debtor's lounge alive. Plus the next chapter in the all new Conan novella, The Shadow of Vengeance.
0: Okay, well my final pick of the week is Star Wars Doctor Afro number 36 by Sy Spurrier, Wilton Santos, Ashley Witter, and Andrea Brocardo. Unspeakable Rebel Super Weapon Part 5. The sinister protagonist of the Coalition for Progress keep a vast gallery of the Empire's priceless victory trophies, and notorious thief Dr. afra just got in. But she won't get the chance to pinch anything. She's here to be initiated into the web of secret schemes that she's secret schemes she's unwittingly unwittingly tangled herself in. Can you say coup? If yes, don't. round here, there's always someone listening. So, that is our picks of the week. Uh, Island. I believe you have our MU pick for the week, our Marvel Unlimited
1: pick. I do, and actually uh, is that due to one of the discussions that we had uh, during the show, it made me change my uh, pick, so I wanted to go with something a little appropriate, uh, in hopes of what we may see in the future I decided to bring up the first appearance of Night Thrasher, and that was in Thor number 4- 411 okay. okay, uh, uh uh, this is brought to us by, well, the editor was Ralph Macchio, not the Karate Kid. No, is that someone else? Oh, The penciler, that is, Ron, <laughs> the penciler is Ron Lim. The colorist is Nell Yomtov. The inker was Mike DiCarlo. Another second inker is Joe Sennett. The writer was Tom DeFalco. And the letterer is Michael Heisler.
2: Wait, Night Thrasher started. who first appeared in Thor. I thought he was brand new for New Warriors.
1: Nope, he's his first appearance. Now, mind you, there's two listings in. Um, there are two listings for Night Thrasher in the Marvel uh, in Marvel Unlimited. There's one that says Night Thrasher and one that says Night Thrasher uh, Dwayne um, Taylor. Dwayne Taylor. Now, my understanding is I thought it was always Dwayne Taylor. Uh, so I'm curious now. I'm gonna have to do some more research.
2: Okay, I'm looking it up on the Marvel Wiki right now, mm-hmm. and apparently the New Warriors' the first appearance for the team was there in in that edition, that issue.
1: Okay, so I may still be right. You may be because, I, I, well, you know, the thing is, when I searched first appearance, like there there was one issue that came up that was a four part miniseries for Night mm-hmm. Thrash, mm-hmm. but then it mentioned this. Uh, it mentioned I uh, also mentioned Thor 411. eleven. So. Yeah. 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 You know, so you may guess so you, you you're going to get on the bonus plan with this one cuz it's actually also tied to issue 412. But I digress. So things look like they can't get any worse after the destruction of Avengers Island, which we've talked about before. With morale low, the mischievous Loki releases Juggernaut from the confines of his prison. With Thor on the way, can a new group of teen heroes save the day? Interesting. Mm. That's okay, Thor versus Juggernaut. Thor versus not. Well, see, this was
2: back during the Acts of Vengeance crossover thing. Right. Uh, and this is where, okay, it should come as no surprise to anybody who was reading it at the time. And I did enjoy this, where Loki decided he was going to mix things up by getting heroes and villains that normally did not fight each other to fight each other. Right. Like, I remember um, Quasar fought the Absorbing Man. And, of course, you have Thor and Juggernaut here. Right. So, those those were some pretty good ones just for the novelty of it.
1: It's, yeah, you know, like, I, I love the idea of uh, – I like to see a good fight. I really do. I think one of my favorite ones uh, that was roughly about that time was Wolverine. Uh, it was Wolverine and Juggernaut. Wolverine was uh, – Wolverine had taken Peter uh, to uh, into Manhattan because it was shortly after he and uh, – uh, Kitty Pride had broken up for like the 40th time <laughs> and so Wolverine is sitting there drinking and he he's getting a little lit and then he accidentally bumps into Juggernaut and needless to say and this this is one of those rare, rare times where you buy an issue and everything was contained in one issue they wrecked that bar and Wolverine apparently just carries a wad of cash with them just for situations like that so he yeah. after a fight was over and, you know, both were both he and uh he and uh Juggernaut were bored with beating the crap out of each other. Wolverine just threw a wad of cash to the owner and said, if you need any more, just let me know. And that was it. Yeah. yeah
2: okay and here's here is something in acts of vengeance that I I totally missed but I hate that I miss so I'm gonna have to go into Marvel Unlimited and find this and read it magneto fighting the red skull mm-hmm, yeah think about this the Mag- magneto is mutant but more importantly he is a Jewish Holocaust survivor mm-hmm. yeah now Loki brought these two together but this was this was a very bad idea on Loki's part but we benefit from that because I mean let's face it. Anytime the Red Skull gets his butt kicked, it's a good day for me. Right? Yeah. But Magneto doing it, well, that just makes it even better.
0: True. True. Well, I hate to say it, it is about that time. Uh, any final thoughts?
2: Uh, I want to go back into Marvel Unlimited and read the entire Sensational She-Hulk issue all over again. <laughs>
1: I think I'm. A, I think I'm a going, and I'm going to read. There, apparently, there is a Night Thrasher miniseries, and I think I'm gonna go in and read
0: that. Okay. Well, how about this? Uh, apparently, Hulu has announced that they are working on a Hellstrom series uh, production to begin next month, and there is a report that Power Pack is being developed as an animated series for Disney Plus.
1: Doesn't surprise me, considering they brought back Power Pack in uh, in the comics. Yep. I, I think Power pack is like tailor made for a,
0: a cartoon show oh I think so it is as well
1: it is totally agree
0: so well uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week um, only one thing left to do
2: all wrapped up here sir will there be anything else
0: Uh, no just time to go dark Preparing to power down and begin diagnostics.